0: So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chapter 11 of Billy Whiskers at the Circus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Billy Whiskers at the Circus by Francis Trigo Montgomery. Chapter 11. The Wreck. Billy Whiskers now fairly launched on his career in the big show that made him more famous than ever before. From the lordly way he ruled the monkeys he was soon everywhere known as King Billy, though he never liked that proud title as well as plain Billy Whiskers. It was not long before the billboards were covered with life-size pictures of himself and his troupe. When he gazed for the first time in his life, but a short time since, at those wonderful show pictures at the corners, he little dreamed that he would ever have such an honor. The circus manager was quick to see what a drawing card Billy was, and of course made the very most of advertising him far and wide. On the whole, he liked his new life. The grand parade on pleasant mornings was always a delightful experience. Looking his very best, he rode on the back of Jumbo, the great elephant. Billy and he were soon the best of friends. At the head of the procession, while his monkey band, who were always imitating his example when they possibly could, rode on the backs of the other elephants how the crowds shouted and cheered and laughed as they moved by. It was all music in Billy's ears, and it seemed to him that he could never tire of it. The afternoon and evening performances furnished two more opportunities each day for Billy and the monkeys to show themselves to vast and always admiring audiences. The manager of the circus was never better pleased than at his great luck at having secured such an attraction. It was proving, as he had foretold, the best-paying season in all the long and successful history of the great show. For this reason, as one can easily see, he made things as pleasant as he possibly could for Billy. Both he and the monkeys were furnished all the time with the things that they liked best to eat, and nothing was left undone that could add to their comfort and enjoyment. The circus man felt in his bones that King Billy was a very independent person, who might at any time, if things did not go to suit him, kick out of the traces, and there was no telling what might happen then. The monkeys, without him to lead them, would not be worth their salt as actors. There had been convincing proof of this one day, when Billy was so sick that he could not lead them into the ring on account of having eaten too much ice cream with chocolate dressing the night before. The audience was so disappointed that there came near being a riot, and great many demanded their money back. After that, great pains were taken with Billy's diet and his health was most carefully guarded. Mike and Jim continued to have the care of Billy. After their first experience in trying to kidnap him, described in the last chapter, they never attempted anything of the sort again. As a matter of fact, they soon became very much attached to their charges, and took a great deal of pride in seeing that they always looked their best, both when they were on parade and when they entered the ring. A rival circus sent two desperate characters to try and poison Billy because he was drawing all the money and their business was very bad in consequence. Mike caught these two fellows putting Paris Green in Billy's salad one night. With the help of Jim he held them both until assistance came and the would-be murderers were turned over to the police. When the manager heard of this, he complimented the keepers on their watchfulness and doubled their pay. Billy was grateful to them too. He forgave the attempt they had made to steal him and after that they were always good friends. During the summer the Big Circus visited the large cities and towns of most of the western states, going as far as Denver, Colorado. It then turned eastward once more, and Billy began to feel that he was homeward bound. This made him very happy, for he had not forgotten or ceased to love his old friends at Cloverleaf Farm. While he liked the excitement, high living, and luxury of his present life, "'and had become very good friends both with his keepers "'and with many of the wild animals in cages "'whose hard lot he had always tried to make pleasanter. "'Still they were never to him quite like home folks. "'There was nobody who took the place of little Dick. "'He knew by this time that he could never again make so dear a friend. "'Then there were old Bob, Abby the black cat, "'the bay colt and other horses, "'Big Red, the fierce bull and his wives, "'and for spice and variety, the thievish old coon down in the big chestnut, not forgetting Polly Parrot, sharp and snappish, though she certainly was. Billy was beginning to think of them all more and more often, and the wish to see them and be with them again was growing greater day by day. While spending a Sunday in St. Louis late in September, he addressed a letter to his friend Bob at Cloverleaf Farm. As it presents very clearly his frame of mind at this time, and throws many sidelights on his circus life, It is here given in full. St. Louis, Missouri, September 27, 1908 Dear Bob and other home friends, I hope that you have not been thinking that because I ran away to see the circus at Springfield without saying good-bye to every one of you, I do not care for you. If so, you were never more mistaken in your lives. It cost me a great deal of pain to do as I did. You little know how much real grief I felt the evening before I started when I went around and called on you all. "'I did not forget how you had taken me in "'and befriended me when I was poor and hungry "'and sick and lame and alone. "'Nor was I then or shall I ever be unmindful or ungrateful "'for your great kindness at that time. "'No, dear Bob and all the rest of you, "'you made a friend of Billy Whiskers then "'who will be true to you as long as he lives. "'Nor must you think that because I have not written to you "'before this summer that my new business and friends "'have driven you out of my mind for even a little while.' How often I think of you all, and every day I wish more and more that I was with you once again. As you have no doubt heard, it has been a great time for me. I wish you could see what I have to do every day. You would be proud, then, that Billy Whiskers is one of your acquaintances. They tell me that I am famous and I judge that such is the case for the way the crowds cheer every time they see me. Don't think that I have become vain and conceited when I tell you that I was never looking so handsome and distinguished as now. Owing doubtless to the great quantity of rich food that I eat daily, I have put on more flesh, which improves my figure. Both my hair and beard are longer, whiter and silkier than ever before, while my horns and hoofs are manicured daily. I try not to be proud and stuck up and never lose a chance of doing a kindness for the wretched wild animals that are shut up in their cages month after month. Just think how dreadful their lives must be. I wish I could tell you all about them, but I haven't time now. Wait till I am home again, then I shall have many strange tales to tell about the lions and tigers and wolves and bears and all the rest. Some of them are so ferocious that even now the sound of their deep voices makes me tremble. Speaking of home reminds me that the time is not now far distant when I shall be with you once more. Only the thought of it makes me very happy. There is just one thing that keeps bothering me. I do not know how I am ever going to get away from the monkeys who have chosen me their leader and declare that they will never leave me and that I shall never leave them. While my success in the show business is very largely due to them, and I can have no doubt of their fondness for me, I may say to you, but I must never tell it, that I have never been able to like them very much. I do not forget the dreadful fright they gave me at first. It is a long story and I can't stop to tell it now and I just expect they would treat me in the same way again if they suspect that I thought of leaving them. They are certainly the worst-looking creatures I ever saw, and some of their manners are a little short of disgusting. I shall have to be very sly when the time comes. This letter is already too long, though I haven't told you half of what I want to. I hope that little Dick and the boys are well and that the chestnut pony is not entirely taken my place in their hearts. With best love to all, Sincerely yours, Billy Whiskers. P.S. Keep your eyes peeled and you will see me some bright morning before long. From St. Louis, where Billy Whiskers wrote to his home friends, the big show moved steadily eastward. By the latter part of October it was once more in Ohio, and not so very far from Farmersville, near which you will remember Cloverley Farm is located. On the night of the 13th, when the show train was running between Hamilton and Zanesville, a head-on collision took place which threw most of the cars containing the animals off the track and down an embankment, piling them up one on the other in the utmost confusion. The frightened and tortured beasts, as well as their keepers, made the most fearful outcry that was ever heard. For a long time the people who came to the rescue were afraid to reproach the wreck lest a lion or a tiger or some other man-eating animal might find his cage burst open and make his escape. "'killing and devouring everybody that came in his way. "'Fortunately, Billy Whiskers and the monkeys were not killed or badly injured, "'though terribly shaken up and frightened almost to death. "'As soon as Billy collected his wits and began to look about, "'he discovered that not only was the car in which he was riding smashed open, "'but that the jar and upset had shaken the pin fastening the door of the big monkey cage out of place "'so that it was easy for him to get out. "'Now is my time,' he quickly decided.' I can't do any good here, and while this racket keeps up I can get away. The monkeys are too scared and dazed to see what I am up to, and they will not think of following me now anyway. As good luck will have it, I am not very far from Cloverleaf Farm, and I know I can find my way there. So he stole out of the overturned cage and car, picked his way as noiselessly and quickly as he could through the ruins, and started on a dead run for the protecting cover of a woodlot which he discovered not far off. It was not so dark but that he could make out his faint outline. All unknown to Billy, there followed behind him a silent procession of dim and quiet figures, twelve in number. They were the monkeys pursuing their leader. When he reached the wood, Billy stopped to rest and take stock of his plight, whereabouts, and plans. Like shadows, the monkeys quickly gathered in a circle around him. Now, Billy Whiskers began old Blue Nose in his most dreadful tone, will you please explain to me and my family? "'What you mean by skipping out with no word to any of your band? Well, we may never have told you in so many words, "'you know very well what sort of punishment we reserve for a deserter. "'Speak!' "'Although Billy was startled and had great difficulty in finding his voice, "'he was sharp enough to know that his fate now depended "'on lulling the suspicions of the monkeys. "'So he said, "'Colonel Mandrill, Tittlebat, Titmouse, and all the rest of you, I was never so glad in my life to see anyone as I am you now. I observe that you have all escaped that frightful wreck unhurt. After the collision, I was so shaken to pieces and frightened, while the din was so ear-splitting, without thinking a thing what I was doing, I started and ran. As you have seen, I stopped just as soon as I came to a safe place. Before now, if you hadn't come, I should be on my way back to hunt for you. Hope I may be forgiven for that tale," added Billy under his breath. The older monkeys whispered together for a short time, evidently trying to decide whether or not this plausible story was to be believed. Although it was manifest that there was a difference of opinion, the majority were in favor of accepting the explanation as true, and this decision was quickly made known to Billy's great relief. I've just been thinking," then said Billy, that we will never have a better chance to escape than now. "'We are not a great many miles from my dear old home at Cloverleaf Farm, which I have told you about so often. I think I can find the way. If we are agreed to the plan, I will try and lead you there.' This proposal led to another consultation, and while not very enthusiastic about it, the monkeys shortly said that they would go. As no time was to be lost, they started north at once, keeping in the shadow of the woods. A nice time I'll have introducing this crummy-looking crowd to my friends at Cloverleaf, mused Billy. I wonder what the coon will say. The very thought made him laugh. End of chapter 11